Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back. Final hour of the program. It's our special live coverage from the Pete Maravich Assembly Center over in Baton Rouge. LSU basketball earlier tonight playing to overtime with Florida but falling by a final score of 82-77. to 77. We'll get back to discussion about the Tigers' loss tonight. We're taking your calls and your texts. The big news in college basketball over the last 30 minutes or so, it's not good. Zion Williamson of Duke has left the game with what could be a severe injury. He's in the locker room. His dad went in. Then came out to grab his mom. She went in. Zion is not coming back. That would be devastating for the Blue Devils. It would be devastating for college basketball. Yeah, just You never like to see this with a kid who is expected and may still be the number one overall pick in the draft. We don't know exactly what it is. We're still waiting for reports on that. But it doesn't look good for Duke. doesn't look good for Zion Williamson. And Duke... We'll lose tonight. Just a couple of seconds left. North Carolina, 88, Duke, 72. Joins a trio of other top 25 teams losing. LSU lost the number 13 team in the country. You had Georgetown beating Villanova, 85-73. to Syracuse knocking off Louisville, 69-49. to So not a good day inside the top 25. But the big news across the nation is Zion Williamson's injuries. We await any word from Duke and Cameron Indoor uh, on that one. Uh, regarding LSU and this loss here tonight, uh, again, if you're just joining us, if you're wondering what happened, maybe you saw the game earlier, just a complete ineffectiveness in the half-court offense for LSU, a team that usually scores in the 80s, sometimes the 90s. They were held uh, in the 60s, they had just 64 points. It was 64-64 heading into overtime. You just got to credit uh, Mike White, the head coach for Florida, and really the Florida players just clamped down, locked down defense in the half court. No transition buckets at all in this one. This was played at Florida's pace, and a marquee win for Florida that they desperately needed here. Don't consider this and don't take this as an indictment on LSU basketball. They'll be fine. They're going to have to rebound very quickly, though as they head to Saturday when they take on Tennessee. Here's a text from the 985. Too much basketball to get discouraged over this. Oh, this team is way better than we thought at the start of the season. And here's another text from the 504. I think if anyone said that this team would be a potential Sweet 16 team after last year, they would take it miles ahead of last year. 
Agree with both of those. This is a team that with the guard play that they get, not just Tremont Waters. If you're talking about Marlon Taylor, he was pretty good tonight. Skylar Mage, Devontae Smart, Darius Days. Uh, these guys that can play on the perimeter. Tremont Waters certainly is the facilitator, the point guard, the distributor in this offense, but they have great guard play. Great guard play is usually what gets you deep into the NCAA basketball tournament. They'll be able to compete with just about anybody out there. You'll be able to compete with Tennessee when they come here. Saw what happened with Kentucky last week. Kentucky gets beat by LSU on their home floor. Then they get Kentucky a few days later, and they throttle the Volunteers. Volunteers are a beatable team. Volunteers are a national title contender, but they're a beatable team. We'll see what happens uh, on Saturday. I am curious to know how the, the bracketologists are going to view this loss. It's not a bad loss. We had a caller earlier saying this was a bad loss. No, it, it's, it's simply not a bad loss against a team now in Florida who's above 500 in conference play. They're on the tournament bubble. They're 15-11 and 11 overall. I don't think this will be a huge mark against LSU, but what I do expect to happen is anybody who had LSU as a three seed coming into this game, they're probably going to drop them to that four seed. Everything's still in front of LSU. They still control their own destiny. If they win out in conference play, they will win that regular season title. They'll be in a tie after Tennessee. If they were to win that game with Tennessee and with Kentucky, they would have the tiebreakers with Tennessee and with Kentucky because in the only two games they would play those two teams this year, they'll win those, uh, they, they would have won those games. They'll have the tiebreaker. In college basketball, I am very impressed by North Carolina and Roy Williams. This was supposed to be a year that it was kind of a reloading. You're never rebuilding uh, at Chapel Hill, but you do reload sometimes. There's some years here when you're not expected to compete for national titles to kind of retool for the next run. This was supposed to be that year for North Carolina. It didn't happen. They are a national title contender once again. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's incredible what they're doing. They now have wins over the number one ranked team in the country, Duke. They'll have a win over the number two ranked team in the country, in Gonzaga. And a chance for a number one overall seed. Incredible basketball across the country this year. It's one of the reasons why I've told you multiple times it's one of the most intriguing and exciting college basketball seasons in recent memory. You have multiple contenders for the title. You don't have this um, behemoth front runner. I never thought Duke was, regardless of what happens, uh, what's happened to Zion Williamson tonight. They've been beaten multiple times. There's a reason for that. They're, they're not this unbeatable juggernaut that some people try to convince us of in the beginning of the season. That's why, as we swing this back around to LSU, that you don't suddenly jump off the bandwagon because you lose a conference game to a team that might be in the NCAA tournament. Just got to fix some things. Fix the half-court offense. Fix the free-throw shooting, which it's just got to be an aberration. This team shoots upward of 80% from the free-throw line on the year. One of the best free-throw shooting teams in the country this season. Didn't happen tonight. Just 16 of 25. The other thing that you've really got to clamp down on is the turnovers. 14 turnovers, but that's a little misleading, that number because of the pace at which this game was played. Very slow pace, deep into the shot clock on almost every possession. And if you get five turnovers from Nas Reed, three turnovers from Tremont Waters, you just can't have that happen. Javante Smart has three turnovers off the bench in his 32 minutes. Got to fix the turnovers. Got to fix the half-court offense. The defense was there. I've actually been impressed with LSU's half-court defense. They've struggled, or they did struggle with that 
in the first half of conference play. Something has happened there. These, these guys are playing in Will Wade's system much better defensively. They played great defensively against Kentucky last week on the road. They played great defensively, matched Florida on that end of the court um, tonight. So there's things you can take away from here. Not excusing LSU's loss, but also not jumping off this bandwagon. They're 11-2 and in conference play. They'll have a chance to get back into a tie at the conference lead when they play Tennessee uh, this weekend. Here's the text at 870-870. I think that LSU basketball, their expectations are just where they were before this game. Don't take anything from this. That's kind of where I am. I don't know if you don't take anything from it. I think the weaknesses were exposed and variation uh, variance, rather, caught up with them. You're, you're not going to win every overtime game. And, and you're certainly not even going to play this many overtime. What is this their fourth overtime game uh, of the season? You're not going to play this many overtime games in conference play, uh, usually. So a little variance caught up to LSU there. Three-point shooting, not good. And, and I will say this again to LSU fans. I'm not picking on you here. I get it. But you cannot leave your seats and get up and walk out when it's a two-possession game with 45 seconds left in basketball, college basketball, that has the three-point line. And it was funny. I know Andrew Lopez, who's uh, writing a story over to my right, I think he might have left now, uh, NOLA.com at the Times Picayune, he tweeted it out that he was literally laughing at everybody who was trying to get back in out of the concourse. All of a sudden, when Tremont Waters hit his first three during that comeback, got it down to a three-point game with about 18 seconds left, and everybody was trying to look and trying to get back to get back in here. Don't leave your seats. Comebacks can happen, and the comeback almost did happen because on that ensuing possession after the Tremont Waters three, you had a steal, kick it out to Waters, who had a very good look at the three from the left wing, and he almost knocked that down, went off the front rim. I actually thought it might be going in. That probably would have sent it to double overtime. So don't leave your seats. It's just kind of a bad look for everybody here at the Pete Maravich Center. It really is. Stay in your seats. Support your team. You, you pay money to come watch these kids. You don't get this kind of season all the time. We know this from LSU. Maybe we will now that Will Wade's here. But stay to the end. Stay to the end. It wasn't a packed house. It was probably about 80% full, maybe 90% full. It will be sold out on Saturday against Tennessee. I'm curious to hear from you, LSU fans. What do you think about tonight's loss? Does this change your outlook? What do you take away? 504 260 1870. That's the phone number. Area code 504 260 1870. Text line 87870. You can hear the air blowers behind us as we're courtside at the PMAC as they clean things up. Thanks again to LSU for letting us do our live show here. Back after this on the last lap. Big news across the sports world tonight Zion Williamson injured. Didn't look good when he went down. Possibly a left knee injury. No official word from Duke. Duke does lose to North Carolina. They get blown out by 16 points, so they'll drop in the polls. Still a number one seed, but let's hope Zion is okay. If he's not, that'll change certainly the complexion of this entire season. We're seeing a lot of reaction on Twitter right now on this injury. People blasting the college athletics and saying this is why that these kids should be paid and paid a lot. It's, that is a deep discussion. This is a knee-jerk reaction. Most of the people that are doing this have already been advocates for this for a very long time. Injuries happen a lot. This is devastating. Zion certainly has some kind of personal 
uh, injury coverage because he was playing in college athletics that he'll, should anything happen here and should he lose money, should he drop um, from his projected number one overall pick or lose money out, he'll certainly uh, almost assuredly be covered in some way there. Uh, but don't act like that these athletes get nothing. I am a player's rights person. I wouldn't mind seeing the stipend or some kind of um, living expenses, uh, maybe some kind of money to get them through. Um, actually, more money, which is basically none right now outside of the stipend. I get it. I think reform is needed. Paying college athletes millions of dollars defeats the purpose of college sports. Now, maybe that purpose has gone by the wayside. This is probably a conversation for another day. But I, I push back on everybody who say, well, college athletes get nothing. Well, maybe they're not using that education, which at Duke is a six-figure education. And all of um, the ancillary stuff that comes with that, if you're not using that education, get educated, well, that's fine. And also, when it comes to basketball players, it's not like football. Basketball players, I'm just going to be honest here again, a lot less sympathy and empathy for me. This isn't about Zion. Again, we all hope Zion is certainly okay. But you got a lot less empathy and sympathy for me because you have other places that you can go play right out of high school if you want to make money. Many leagues overseas, Europe, now China, even developmental league here in this country will take you if you do not want to go to college, if you do not want to play for a college scholarship and everything that comes to that. I do not want, and I, I just think it's very disingenuous to point to something like this, an injury that happens in sports and saying, hey, this is why everything needs to be blown up. Don't get it. I never will. It's people who don't value a college education. And I think maybe the entire system needs to be redone. And maybe, and I also think that by, and if you're talking about NBA players, they should be able to go straight from high school to the pros. Zion Williamson would have been able to do that last year. He would be in the NBA where he'd be getting paid the money uh, that he wants to be getting paid. Let the, the, especially in college basketball, which is, again, body-wise, physically different than football. Guys can go from high school to the pros on a regular basis. It's not going to happen almost ever in high school football. Maybe a kid like Leonard Fournette who had an NFL body by the time he was a senior, by the time he was a freshman in college could make a jump like that. But very, very few guys are actually able to do that. The one and done thing has plagued college basketball for a very long time. Maybe this is the impetus for something to actually be done about this. But remember, this is an NBA rule. The NCAA certainly wouldn't would like to do away with the one and done rule. I'm sure we'll talk about this more tomorrow. It's not good news though for Duke. Never want to see that. Interesting to see what happens there. Uh, we've got somebody on hold. Uh, Logan, who is that? Trisselin. All right, let's go to Trisselin on the phone lines. Trisselin, welcome to the show. Hi, I just dropped down in Kenner, hated from the game. And I think it would be a good reality check for the team. Um, just learning one thing, no second chances. I sat down and I just counted the number of second chances that Florida had on, on scoring, you know, from not getting rebounds. And I think once they um, just tighten up on the rebounds and just learn, take that from it, I think it will be a good reality check. And it's still in a good place. 
Um, the, the, they had a good tempo. They just couldn't keep up with Florida, but they have to get in early and, um, you know, just try to set the tempo and get in the game a little bit quicker. But I, I think Yeah, Tristan, to your point here, well. they had uh, Florida had 15 offensive rebounds in this game. Now, LSU had 18, but LSU is the better rebounding team throughout the season. They out-rebounded Florida in total 38 to 36, but those 15 offensive rebounds, yeah, it was it was a massive issue, as was LSU's inability to finish at the at the rim. The reason that they had 18 offensive rebounds was consistently Nas Reader, uh, Cavell Bigby Williams, or Emmett Williams, or Javante Smart, or Tremont when he got closer to the bucket, were unable to finish at the rim. Just can't have that. Can't have that. It's great points, uh, uh, Trisselin. Emmett Williams right. not a I good day for him yet. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're in a good place. I think um, this was – my son plays AAU ball, and I've seen them lose, and that was the best thing that happened to them because it, it gives them, a you know, a better perspective of where they are and the things that they need to improve on. So I think they're in a good place, and, you know, I think they'll be ready. Once they look at that film and find, you know, tighten up on their weaknesses, I think they'll be ready for Saturday. We will see. I think they will be, too. Thanks for the call, Trislin. Yes, Saturday, right back here at the PMAC where we are at. You can probably hear the air blowers right behind me. It'll be LSU against Tennessee. Morning game that day, so you got to rise and shine early as that game will be broadcast on national TV, but you can hear it right here on WWL, 10.30 a.m. the pregame and 11 a.m. Uh, tip-off. All losses are bad. This, this happens in college basketball happens in college basketball um, one of the things we're doing uh, tomorrow also on the program we're going to start talking about the Saints offseason as we prepare for free agency a lot of teams multiple teams in the NFC have over 50 60 million dollars in cap space Saints aren't one of those teams they also only have one pick in the first hundred picks of the NFL draft no first round pick no third round pick I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Saints make some moves with some of the assets they have on the roster. Maybe a guy like Andres Pete move him for picks and try to recoup some of those draft assets you've used the past few seasons, including move up last year and draft Marcus Davenport in the first round. So Saints talk tomorrow. We'll talk more about this, and we'll get back to Pelicans. Will Anthony Davis be allowed to play? We're all watching for that when the Pelicans get back to action. We're going to take a break here for news. When we come back, let's talk some eSports, the Overwatch League, into Season 2. Just began last weekend. Malik Forte is going to come on into the program, and he will join us. I'm Seth Dunlap. This is the last lap on WWL. Ah, yes, LSU losing tonight, 82-77 here at the PMAC, a special edition of the last lap. The Tigers, their tails between their legs a little bit after this one. Not a great day for them. Not a bad day either. Let's be honest here. This was an overtime game against a conference opponent. Florida now 15-11. Don't be surprised to see Florida in that NCAA tournament. LSU will have a chance for revenge later this season when they head to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Malik Forte of the Overwatch League. Hopefully he'll be joining us to talk some of Season 2 of the Overwatch League in eSports here on The Last Lap. I've done for a couple of seasons now, a couple of years now, just not able to see a lot of live basketball that time of night. This is, this is kind of my jam. So smelling the popcorn, watching the fans, the intimate sitting that is basketball that just has a different feel from football or even baseball out there. You just, no matter where you sit here at the PMAC, you're right on top of everything. Um, really enjoyed it 
regardless of the loss. Uh, we, we couldn't get with Malik Forte. It's unfortunate. I uh, really wanted to talk to him about Overwatch League. It's incredibly interesting, the growth of the Overwatch League. There are now 20 franchises across this country and across the world, 12 franchises in the United States. It is a booming league. Millions of viewers uh, for their championship and for their playoffs last year. They expect it to grow even more this season. Hopefully we'll get Malik on perhaps sometime later this week. But if you missed it last hour, had a great conversation with Scott Eden of ESPN as he wrote an incredible piece on Tim Donahue. So in lieu of Malik, here's that interview. And we're wrapping it up here from the Pete Maravich Assembly Center in Baton Rouge. I want to thank Scott Eden for joining us here tonight and all of our callers. It wasn't a great night for LSU basketball as they fall in overtime to Florida, 82-77. to Been saying all night, though, don't take away any you know big headlines from this one. These kind of losses happen in college basketball against a Florida team that somebody tried to classify before as a bad Florida team. No, they're not bad. It was just a bad night shooting. It was a bad night on the half-court offense. It was a bad night at the free-throw line. It was a bad night from the three-point line for LSU. That's really what this one is about. Uh, the story across the country right now, Zion Williamson went down with an injury. The sensational star for the Duke Blue Devils is they lost to North Carolina by 16 at Cameron Indoor. But the sports world waits to find out exactly what happened to Zion Williamson. He kind of was backpedaling and his shoe blew out on him. That was the crazy part of this. Uh, but Williamson looks like he either tweaked or did something to his left leg, his left knee. His dad went into the locker room. Then he came out and got to Zion's mom to come in. That's usually not a good sign. I don't want to speculate on what happened there, but one of the reasons why this college basketball season has been so exciting is because we had a transcendent star in the game, Zion Williamson, who is really as good as anybody in college basketball since Anthony Davis has come out. So uh, stay tuned and keep an eye on what happens to that on social media. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow on the program, we'll, we'll have Saints talk. We've been staying away from that this week with all the basketball, but we've got to talk about the upcoming Saints offseason as they only have one draft pick in the first 100 picks, but they'll be active in the free agent market. They don't have money like oh, Indianapolis has. Indianapolis has an absurd $100 million in cap space. Saints more modest than that, but will still be players in the free agent market. And they hit on some free agents this past season, most namely Demario Davis. Demario Davis had the best season the Saints linebackers had in years. It's one of the reasons why that they were so good defensively down the stretch in the second half of the season. What will the Saints do? Who could be their possible targets in free agency this offseason? We're going to dive into that tomorrow. Uh, pretty heavily as you never really have a, a long off season in the NFL. It's almost 365 days a year. You get about a month, month and a half off here in February and into mid-March. But once that happens, once the combine hits and free agency hits, uh, it's full roll here. Also, if you would like to win tickets to LSU Tennessee, we have an opportunity for you at www.all.com. Go to www.all.com slash contests, and you can enter to win a chance to win a pair of LSU Tennessee tickets. The game is sold out. We've got your chance. Again, www.all.com slash contests for your chance to win. 
hopefully tomorrow we'll get Malik Forte. I'm sorry we missed him tonight. A little miscommunication probably. Uh, and we will be back talking a little esports and Overwatch. I want to thank Logan Falgo and Master Control. Thanks for holding it down back in the studio tonight. I want to give a big, huge thanks once again to Kent Lowe uh, here at LSU and everybody on the campus here in Baton Rouge of LSU for facilitating us and allowing us to do this live broadcast. We've absolutely loved the times we were able to do this. Hope to do it uh, many more times. Thanks to our program director, Diane Newman, and Tom Manessis, our assistant program director, for also helping set up this broadcast. Thanks to Helen Santani for helping out with the show. And thanks to you, Tiger fans, for listening. It was a great broadcast. We had fun. Hopefully next time we're talking about a Tiger's win. I'm Seth Dunlap. We're back tomorrow, 8 to 11, here on WWL. As always, I leave you with our moment as in. Here is an Oz Reed 3, a highlight from today's game at the final call. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.